Welcome to Elevator Etiquette. I'm Nick Sickleton. Elevator Etiquette is a design studio project focused on sharing information and resources for creatives. On this episode, we're discussing the etiquette of value and what that means for you throughout your career. But before we get into it, I want to bring focus to our products for a moment. Elevator Etiquette supplies comprehensive toolkits based on years of experience working with studios, agencies, and the world's largest brands, all while keeping them low cost to level the price of entry to the information you need to grow strategically and creatively. Our toolkits exist to bring transparency to the creative process, regardless of experience level, and I encourage you to utilize this podcast alongside our toolkits to build your creative, your pitch, presentation, or your brand. You can explore all of our toolkits at elevatoretiquette.com. Now let's get into the show. From the very beginning of Elevator Etiquette, the topic of value had been at the forefront of something that I wanted to cover. Primarily because it's such an abstract topic that has huge ramifications for our work and well-being. Value is also more complex within the creative industry because the price comes from ourselves and how we perceive our tangible worth for a service or product. That is, if we're talking specifically about design in general, which in this case we'll focus primarily on. Value in the form of pricing is something we continue to rework throughout our careers, whether we're, in my case, 15 years experienced or just starting fresh out of college. It doesn't seem to go away at any point of our careers and is always something, at least for me, that has been a point of conversation and refinement over the years. On a similar topic, some time ago I had the opportunity to catch up with a friend of mine who's involved in the vintage watch world. He's a photographer for a local watch company called Grain Patina, and we began talking about vintage watches, and as we continued to to chat about it, I found an interesting connection between the idea of value and what's at the heart of it. Leaning into his world more, it felt like there were a lot of things that came up in how the value of a timepiece was determined. And as we kept chatting, it felt more and more like both the space of design and watches merged into a similar atmosphere. Within that atmosphere were some connecting points that felt like they resonated with me now and at certain points of my career could have been helpful to know then. How hard it was to find a specifically bespoke watch based off of its quantity or the time it was produced being the main determining factor on cost. This isn't exclusive to watches, while this is used in lots of marketing or consumer products. Rare things, even if not special, are more expensive purely because we can say we own one of the very few. In most cases, it's an attempt at being unique, exclusive, or adding some sort of personality to the products we buy because we like standing out and setting ourselves apart from the rest. And applying that to our own value within the world of design and services can be advantageous because in a way, we are the only ones who think the way that we do. That unique quality, if valued or harnessed correctly, can add value to our work and our service. The way you do something and feel through the process isn't like anyone else. 
And also, interestingly, it can build demand if for some reason you're unavailable. People want what they can't have. And in some cases, I've experienced this myself in the form of having too much work, which put me in a position to turn down new projects and in return was offered maybe more budget if I were able to reconsider and take on the work. Secondly, the level of quality adds a huge factor on value. Or in this case, referring to watches, Rolex. And Rolex being known for their high quality and high durability standards. Although this isn't exclusive just to Rolex, but I'm using them as an example because they're one of the world's most well-known watch brands. Applying that thinking to our own value again can be insightful. It may take some time to establish a reputation of quality if you're just starting out, but it may be the biggest tipping point into success and your career and elevating your own level of value. It's a very important part of what we do, and while it can take nearly a lifetime to build and maintain a quality that you're known for, it can only take one project to destroy it. It's for that reason that picking projects throughout your entire career is really important. It may be difficult to turn down a project, especially in our early career, when we really need it, but if it doesn't align with our own values, it may be too difficult to do well. So don't sacrifice your values for profit. In most cases, it doesn't make for productive or successful work. The last and what I think is the most interesting point to make about luxury watches is that watches sometimes have flaws. It's an interesting point to be made because it may be the most important connecting point between our own creative value and the luxury watch space. Because within the world of watches, flaws are so rare that they create value, whereas in other industries like the automotive industry, clothing, or just about any other product category, a flaw would drop its value or cause a devaluation in the company as a whole. Similarly, we have flaws, and there's an opportunity for those flaws to add to the value of our work. Our flaws can create a point of view that leads us to do more unique design, more unique work that makes us feel more human and organic and makes our work feel the same. It's really up to us to explore and discover how those flaws we carry can lead to more purposeful or valuable work. Like a vintage Rolex with a unique flaw and patina, making it more valuable, we can add value by learning how the flawed characteristics of ourselves can be harnessed to create a point of view that's unlike any other. Overall, the focus on rarity, quality, and flaws are such a foundational part to the industry, and while we never completely master it, it's more and more important to keep these in mind. Learning how to harness these traits can build us up into highly intelligent, and smarter creatives, no matter what career category we're in. That's why I started Elevator Etiquette. And over time, I hope it becomes a strong resource for you and I to explore and discover the parts of our creativity that lead to mentally healthy and creatively successful careers. Thanks for joining the discussion today. And as a reminder, I encourage you to utilize this podcast along the toolkits found on elevatoretiquette.com. See you next time.